a Missouri victory, but a truly discouraging offensive performance as it really seems like Kirby Moore has brought nothing new to the table. And Brady Cook, despite being healthy this year, looks very much the same player. So let's talk about that and put a slightly positive spin on it as well. Coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. And it's funny to me, I, I've gotten a lot of comments from the last week about my content, especially after last night's game. Some people think I'm not negative enough. Others think, wow, why are you why are you so negative? What's the deal? You can't find one good thing to talk about after the South Dakota game. Well, I think when I've got both of those two extremes coming at me, I've actually found a pretty good middle, I think. But in this particular program, if you've been looking for some negativity from me, well, you're about to find it. So with that in mind, let's actually start with one positive. Uh, I'd say that a hundred, or excuse me, I'd say that $800,000 the Missouri Athletic Department spent to move this game out of Murfreesboro and back to Columbia. Yeah, I'd say that was money well spent. Uh, good job. Good job, Desiree Reed, Francois, and Eli Drinkwitz on that one. And I really do respect this MTSU program and their coach because what advantages do they have over Missouri? And yet, this is now the third time that this that this squad has played Missouri a really good game once they actually pulled out a victory, of course, in Barry Odom's first season in 2016. But that's about the only positive I can give you because... Without that wide open pass, that wheel route, whatever it was, to Nathaniel Pete for an e- the easiest 50-yard touchdown of his life, without that, where is Missouri? Does Missouri actually win that ball game without an absolutely blown coverage? And the scary thing is, the results yesterday for Missouri's offense didn't seem like a fluke. It's not like there was a bunch of tipped balls, you know, like off Kadarius Tony's hands and into the hands of a Detroit Lions receiver, for instance, for those of you who watched the Chiefs game on Thursday. It's not like there was a bunch of explosive plays by MTSU that, you know, trick plays that caught Missouri off guard. Offensively, frankly, it was just the same old crap as it has been certainly last year. Offensively, it's the exact same thing. Could you notice anything different from what Kirby Moore has brought to the table this season than what Drinkwitz was doing last season? I talked about in my in my preview of the show, obviously I thought the, the best throw t- Sam Horn threw last week was out of empty. I thought the best pass that Brady Cook threw was also out of an empty formation. The exact same play, a post-route over the middle to Makai Miller, did we go empty one time the entire game? And the reason I was encouraging Missouri to try some empty is because, well, we knew that Middle Tennessee was going to bring pressure defensively. We absolutely knew this. Everyone talked about it 
including myself, in the lead up to this ball game. But yet, when you watch the game, it was as though Missouri had never watched Middle Tennessee play football because early in the ball game, every time there was a third down situation, guess what? Middle Tennessee brought pressure and Missouri looked clueless on how to attack it. Now, here's the thing. We can debate on whether this is Brady Cook's fault. Who deserves the lion's share of it here? Is it the quarterback? Is it Drinkwitz? Is it Kirby Moore? Is it the play callers? All I know is I've been saying that after two games, we'll probably know if Brady Cook is different or not. We'll know if that shoulder injury, if he's a different player, if there's more there. And frankly, so far, two games in, I can't say it's different. I still have to dive into the film, really look at all these snaps much more closely to get a better evaluation, and I'll have all those evaluations for you coming up this week. But what I saw over and over again is a team that just looked unprepared for a, a an opponent that had much less talent but was much more aggressive defensively. And to me, how are you surprised by this? What is the problem here? Is Brady Cook empowered to make changes at the line of scrimmage against obvious pressure? Because they keep talking about how he has command of the offense, he knows the offense better. Well, then empower him. Empower him to make changes against pressure at the line of scrimmage. Because if it's the coaching staff that's trying to do it, it doesn't seem like they got him into the right play yesterday. And that's just really encouraging on so many different, discouraging, I should say, on so many different levels. But again, regardless if, if it's Cook's indecision or it's the coaches and their lack of a plan, we just didn't seem like we just seemed like we were surprised on third downs that Middle Tennessee was bringing pressure. We weren't willing to attack that defense. Again, maybe it was all Cook being bad. Maybe it was. And I really did think that this was quite possibly Cook's worst game I've seen him play quarterback. And if you're the so the whole defense this whole time of people who are who are saying Cook should start and now forget about Sam Horn is that hey Drinkwitz gets to see him more he he has more information than we do and that's true but just because Drinkwitz has more information that doesn't necessarily he's going to lead to the right conclusion it is fair to question Drinkwitz quarterback evaluation not only at this point it was fair to question it before this season as well a lot of people thought Connor Basilak stayed out there too long in 2021 with his injuries and also in 2020 Drinkwitz obviously made the wrong decision by picking Sean Robinson initially over Connor Basilak to start that season we all know Robinson eventually turns out to be a linebacker for the rest of his career so if you want to question Everything about Drinkwitz and his offensive evaluations, his ability to to coach up a quarterback, evaluate a quarterback, and just form a cohesive offense that's going to actually put his players in a position to win the football game, I think everything is on the table at this point. And again, until I go back and watch my, my footage from the coach's cam, it's going to be hard to, to parse out the blame. So at this point... I'm going to give it 50-50 the coaches and the quarterback because when it comes to pressure, I, I heard a lot of excuses post-game from Eli Drinkwitz about how, well, the offensive line maybe could have done better against pressure and all that kind of stuff, but that just didn't really 
that didn't really do it for me because protection so often is on the quarterback every bit is 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 on the quarterback every bit as much as it is on the protection itself because the quarterback's the one who has to get the ball out right if we give you 4 seconds to throw the ball that ball needs to come out you can't blame the protection every single time and again if they're bringing pressure, you got to know as the quarterback that ball's got to come out quickly. And as a coaching staff, you got to know, hey, we need some counters here to this pressure. Something over the top to relieve pressure. Maybe something right down the middle. Hey, did, what did we have? Two targets to a tight end? Speaking of something that looks exactly the same as the last few years, this whole thing that, oh, well, the tight ends are looking good. The freshman tight ends, Norfleet, he had one catch. Dor- Jordan Harris did not notice him out there in this ball game. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to tight end passing game and Eli Drinkwitz. And by the way, last night I did have one absolute jackass who made fun of my 38-10 Middle Tennessee prediction I put out on social media before the game. Yeah, here's the thing. If you're expecting an apology from that prediction, uh, don't hold your breath because quite frankly, I've been great on giving out bets on this podcast. I'll put my record up against anybody on this network, quite honestly, when it comes to that kind of thing. I never said to bet on Missouri, so if that's the thing that you're mad about, well, I would tell you to get some of the wax out of your ears and listen a little better because I never said bet on that game, if that's what you're mad about. So believe me, if I'm telling you to bet on a Missouri line or a Missouri total, I'm going to make that utterly and extremely clear in the podcast. But Speaking of, you know, somebody, some people do owe Gerard Hamilton an apology, though. He said Missouri was going to win 20-17. to 17. Well, my God, he was off by five points. I think all the people who went nuts on him, the mob over at Power Mizzou, yeah, if you guys have any humility whatsoever, might be time to write a quick apology post over there at PowerMizzou.com. But regardless, I got more to talk about on this ball game, including a quiet but solid punt return game from Luther Burden. That was nice to see in his career high of receiving, but also, man, another missed kick by Harrison Mevis. So let's talk about that concerning little detail. But first, let's talk about game time because buying tickets to your favorite events it shouldn't be stressful, and that's the great thing about game time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater in your area. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. So, get the Game Time app, go to your app store, download the Game Time app, create an account, Use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. College football season is back, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On. College football kickoff live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. It's college football kickoff live, which covers playoff implications, conference rivalry games going in-depth like only Locked On can with our bevy of experts covering their team 
every day. Find Locked On College Football kickoff live every Friday from 10 a.m. to noon central on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. And you know what? With all the feature stories that are just crammed into college game day every week, how about a show, a preview show that is only about football? That's Locked On College Football kickoff live. But you know what? Again, I have to say, I I didn't agree with Gerard Hamilton over there at Power Mizzou. I said so on the program. Didn't agree with his take. Didn't agree with his predictions. But guess what? He was right. Missouri struggled with that blitzing pressure of MTSU. I just had a little bit more faith. Apparently, it was blind faith based on absolutely nothing. And that's my fault. I was just wrong. And I'm more than willing to fall on my sword and say that I was wrong. But on the other hand, I definitely didn't go hard as hard as some people did on Gerard Hamilton. They were acting like, oh my God, has this person ever covered football in his life? Does he know anything? Gabe should fire him immediately for this prediction. I don't know. Me, I personally just cannot go that hard on someone, be proven totally and completely wrong, and not fall on my sword. But unfortunately, from my experience over the last few years, it seems like most people are totally fine with just being wrong and and moving on with life. I'm not even going to give you an example from the last two or three years, but some of you can probably figure out where I'm going here. But my point is, if you're a listener of this program, you're a friend of mine, show some humility. If you were one person who posted and went that hard on Gerard Maybe maybe fall on your sword. That's all I'm saying. But most importantly here, we're going to talk a little bit about special teams because once again, Harrison Mevis missed a kick. This time it was an extra point, and according to Eli Drinkwitz, the ball may have been tipped. I don't know. The, the hold and the snap looked okay to me, and that ball came out really low off of Harrison Mevis's foot. Again, maybe you all saw, saw something a little bit different on the broadcast, but Again, it just seems like there's a lot of excuse-making here for Harrison Mevis. You know, last week, Missouri changed changed up their long snapper after last week's game. Once again, a, a kick is missed, and, well, it's not Harrison's fault. I mean, I don't know. If it's not Harrison's fault, then I guess it's your fault, Coach, because you're the head coach, and you've been taking a a, a another look at, at special teams. If that ball's tipped, number one, maybe it was tipped. Well, again i got to question the outside protection that Missouri is using because last week, two or three times, the outside player for South Dakota nearly got in and blocked a kick. And guess what? In the SEC, they have higher caliber athletes than South Dakota. So there's going to be some guys that are even a little bit faster on the outside. You know, it's bad enough that Mevis is struggling right now with his kicks. The last thing he needs to worry about is guys diving in at his legs, basically, at the moment of impact on the kick. So, again, I just think Missouri's got to really rethink everything it's doing in terms of, of field goals, field goal protection, everything. I think it's been awful and embarrassingly bad so far, especially against two opponents that shouldn't be getting hands-on footballs in the kicking game or even getting close whatsoever. By the way, I was also called conservative by one of the members of my famous Missouri email thread. I was called conservative for not wanting to talk about firing Eli Drinkwitz at this point. And I'm going, guys, listen, I get it. 
this has been a really, really discouraging start. You, you can hear the disappointment in my voice, I'd like to think. And I got an email last night after the game from the athletic department that said, Tigers roll to 2-0. and I mean, I, I had to laugh at that. Kim Jong-un is jealous of that type of propaganda. And, and the radio, by the way, after the game, the radio broadcast was talking up about how Missouri is 2-0 and for the first time since 2018. I mean, we're really stretching the spirit of that of the of a wins a win. We're, we're stretching that to its absolute limit without question. And coming up after a game in which Missouri didn't handle pressure very well, well, Eli Drinkwitz has found his scapegoat. He's already talking about personnel changes at offensive line. Seems to be blaming them for the sacks. Again, I, I got to look at it, but the quarterback usually has every bit as much to do with that as well. And I think Drinkwitz and Kirby Moore himself deserve a tremendous amount of blame. But I do want to talk about those potential those potential personnel changes on the offensive line. Also a bit of a change defensively. We saw Ennis Rakestraw move around yesterday, much to my surprise. So let's talk about that. But first, I want to tell you about Nutrafol because you know what? If you're like me and you have a nice head of hair, a decent head of hair for a 40-year-old dude, well, let's be honest, though. It's probably not what it was when you were 20. You're getting a little bit of weakening or thinning hair. Well, let's try to let's try to keep what we have at the very least. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, and enter promo code Locked On College. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code Locked On College. Well, if you're an everydayer of this program, an everyday listener, this is going to be a little bit repetitive, so I apologize, but as I've said many times before, last season, the Missouri defense, while it was excellent for the most part, obviously the Tigers, a real weakness was exposed by Tennessee last season, and that's, well, if you have some really good slot receivers like Jalen Hyatt, who's now with the New York Giants, well, you couldn't take advantage of Missouri's safeties. Of course, you got to get enough protection in order to get the ball downfield, but one-on-one -on -one against Missouri's safeties and star players, Tennessee really, really was able to take a big advantage of Missouri last season. But it wasn't against Dennis Rakestraw. It wasn't against Chris Abrams' drain on the outside. So I thought it was a tiny bit discouraging when Dalen Carnell gave up a couple balls, a couple chunk plays down the field in the first half, 
and out of the slot covering that star position. My hope it was that, and well, it still is my hope. We'll, hope you know, it's just one game. Maybe it just happened to be a bad matchup for Carnell. We shall see. But I did think it was pretty revealing that Ennis Drakestraw, for a lot of that game, especially in dime coverage, on obvious passing situations, well, Rakestraw was moved inside to cover the slot as the slot corner. Now, Chris Abrams-Drain stayed in his spot, and Drayden Norwood actually manned Ennis Rakestraw's usual spot on the outside for much of that second half, again, especially in those obvious passing down situations. So, It'll be interesting to see if that particular wrinkle continues and if Norwood can be, you know, 90% of what Rakestraw is on the outside, let's say, just to, to pick a number out of thin air, then I think it would be worth it, especially in dime, obvious type pack, packages, obvious passing type packages, to put Rakestraw on one of those players because that seems to be where the football wants to go on third and ten. And finally, one personnel change I was happy to see. Chris Abrams-Drain was no longer back to return kickoffs for Missouri. And as I've said before, I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze there. He's absolutely one of Missouri's most important players, maybe the most important player on that entire defense, along with Rakestraw, in my opinion. But... Again, is he such a good kickoff return man that we need to expose him to greater risk, put more responsibility on his table, eat away at his stamina? I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. And, well, he wasn't back there. Trevez Johnson, Marvin, Bur Marvin Burks, the two safeties back there instead. I just think that's a really good move. He does not, Chris Abrams Drain does not need more responsibility for little gain. Frankly, I thought it was kind of funny to see Missouri trying to make kickoffs into an exciting thing by putting up on the video board, hey, fa hey fans, it's time to sway. Get excited for the kickoffs. We're going to play a Jaws sound-alike the, through the PA speakers. But yeah, I, I don't know. Kickoffs are basically went from one of the most exciting plays in all of college football to clearly one of the most boring plays the last few years. But hey, hopefully this hasn't been a boring podcast for you. I know the Missouri offense was certainly a little bit boring yesterday for most of the ball game, but you know what? We're going to keep breaking it all down for you. Maybe I'll have a slightly different conclusion about all this when I actually look at the coaches' film. Obviously, for your everydayers, check me out for all that this coming week. Definitely going to break down the Kansas State Troy game as well. I'm trying to imagine what I'm going to see in that ball game that would actually make me pick Missouri against Kansas State this week. That genuinely was how discouraging I found this offense in week two. So, again, no matter what happens, no matter if I'm positive, if I'm negative, I promise you I'm going to be honest with you. So, that's the best I can do for you. Hey, we're 2-0. I guess a win truly is a win. I'm starting to feel the propaganda right now. So, with all that being said, thanks for joining me as always here. I'm locked on Mizzou.